the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods of moving and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225, 5225 The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you paid for it. Braden's going to start us off in Denver, Colorado this hour. Hey, Braden, what's up? Hey guys, well, um, long time listener, and um, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. So my, How can we help? My question is, um, it, it's a very long story, but um, basically, m- my mom has no money, um, and she's uh, sixty-two. And I'm wondering how I can protect myself or prepare to, um, I guess, just help her in retirement. Um, so that's it, and I'll let you guys maybe ask the questions. Okay. Uh, financially and legally, you don't have anything to protect yourself from. So there's her, mm-hmm. her, if she has debt, it doesn't leap over to you upon her death. It just goes away with her. So that there's no issue there. But the only issue is then you sounds like you're wanting to help her in this situation. And, and then that's a whole nother barrel of fish hooks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I feel like I'm cornered a little bit in the sense of, I either take relatively full responsibility of taking care of her or she, she kind of ends up on the street um, is what I feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm facing. Yeah. To a degree. So she's what happened to your dad? Um, he was tired of supporting her. They got in a divorce about five years ago and um, she's pretty dependent on depression and anxiety pills and basically went numb. Um, and she's been numb for about seven years and um, I would say she's addicted. I'm not sure if that's a if that's a real thing or not. With yeah, that, but it can be. Basically, okay. So basically, um, she's really dependent on those, and um, is is very very depressed. And um, basically, my dad said, I can't support her lifestyle because legally he was supposed to be doing that. Um, and so he fled the the country, and um, he's I don't know. I think he's in Thailand right now. Basically. It was a hard decision for him to make, but he said, um, hey, I love you, but I've got to go because the court system's making me give her money, and I can't I can't continue to let her do that to herself. So, Are we talking about uh, uh, alimony? Yeah, basically, my, when it all happened, my brother was 16, uh, oh, and he's 18 now. Yeah, well, well, you know, and I don't know exactly what it is, Dave. But who, t- who took care of your brother? Who took care of your brother? Well, my mom was. Your dad um, didn't feel an obligation dropped, to take care of his kid? No. Well, wow. well, my brother is addicted to marijuana. And what my dad was doing was he was giving them thousands of dollars a month and, and realized that he was supporting two drug addicts. Hmm. And my brother was stealing money from my mom to buy his marijuana. And he just said, I can't, I is, can't is do it he, anymore. Is he out of her house now? Yes. He, he left... He, he dropped out of high school, and he's living with his girlfriend and his, their family, apparently. What's your setup, Braden? Another are, are you married? How old are you? Yeah, um, 29, married, um, followed you guys a lot, debt-free, baby steps, four, five, and six. Awesome. Um, just had our first baby, um, and we live in Wyoming. Household income? Um, about 100, 120. Okay. 
Dave, I've got an opinion, but you've seen this no, way no, more you, than me. You, you dive in, brother. My, because <laughs> I got, a, I got a feeling I'm gonna be right on your coattails, Braden. I, here, here's the thing. I, I, it's easy for me to sit up here and say I wouldn't do anything. Like you don't have to do this, and she gets to choose whatever. I also know, like my mom is in her seventies. I, I I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't sit down and at least say, "Here's the best way I can love you, and here's the skin in the game you've got to have to make this thing happen." And so, I, I a couple of things at play here. One, you've got to sit down with your wife and decide as a couple what is how far are we willing to go. Is that move mom in? Is that send some money somewhere? Like what? Wh- how far and how able are we to go? And borrowing money and, and making this whole thing mess bigger for your for your gener- for generationally is not an option, right? So how can we? Wh- what are we willing to do? And if nothing is on the table, then nothing's on the table. But y'all need to have that conversation together. The second thing is, you know this that. Um, Whatever narrative you have from your dad, from your mom, it's it's way more complex and way more of a mess than that. And so I think you need to keep all eyes moving forward, not trying to untangle the past. It's too messy. You don't know all the things. Um, it sounds like one of those, if your dad's willing to walk out on your, your brother, willing to walk out on his responsibilities, then it may be one of those situations that her, over the years, her addiction was uh, to cover up a whole bunch of other mess in the house. All that to say is this. You get to say, "Hey, mom, here's what here's what um, I'm going to require of you to participate in some sort of support or help if you choose to do that." And the hardest thing in the world, I can't think of another har- a harder thing than to watch someone you love make choices, not accept care, not accept responsibility, not accept help, and you watch them fade away. It's it's one of the it's one of the most difficult challenge. I think it's the most difficult thing um, we can do is to watch loved ones fade away. Braden, I had a, a good friend who um, drank himself to death. He, he drank until he died, and uh, he killed him. His liver went bad, and he kept drinking. The doctor said you got three months to live if you quit drinking, and a month later he was gone because he didn't. Um, and I sat with him. I'm like, dude. You know, you might as well just put a gun to your head. It's the exact same thing. Put the bottle to your head. I mean, it's just the same thing. And I, I, there's nothing I could do. Nothing. I could, and there's no word to say. I mean, he was going to do what he was going to do. I couldn't like stop him. And like John said, it just tears the heart out of your chest. Somebody you love, you know, running running the car in the ditch, and, and you're sitting here going, "Hey, just turn. You know, just keep it in the road. You know." And um, it's very very difficult to watch. So. The first thing you have to do is you have to protect your wife and your child and your future. That's your primary obligation beyond your any obligation you could have to your mom. Anything you do for your mom that interferes with your wife, your home and your child and your the future of your family is an improper level of care. No matter what, no matter what she does. Okay, she does not get the right with the life she has lived to interfere with your future to the point that it des- that it destroys your child's future. You have a baby that you are the father of. That's your primary goal. Having said that, then, if you want to love her well, then you need to require some things of her that are good for her. She needs to be seeing her therapist. She needs to be monitoring her meds. She needs to be... She's going to rehab. She needs to go to rehab. She needs to get a job. 
She needs to be on a budget that you look over her shoulder and make sure she's managing the money that she has well. She can get on Social Security, and it'll go a long way towards keeping her from being hungry. Do not give her cash. Give her groceries. Pay her rent directly. But only if she's doing steps that are going to, you know, that's going to facilitate her having a dignity of agency again, standing on her own two feet again. I'm sorry, man. I hate that for you, man. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey, personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Hey, you guys can help us, and a bunch of you have been. We appreciate you. We know you have been because our numbers are going up substantially on podcast, on YouTube, and on radio, and we appreciate that. So here's how you can help. Uh, we don't spend like $8 bazillion on marketing. You guys are our marketing. You tell other people, and that's about the only thing we got. We don't have any stadiums named after us like Sofi. And so, excuse me, I'm sneezing, but the uh, – um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so if you can, if you want to help us subscribe to the show. If you're uh, a podcast or YouTube, uh, uh, consumer, we appreciate that. You can leave a, a five-star review. One stars don't help. Mama said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Five stars. All we need. Thank you very much. Move on. If you don't like it, it's okay. And, um, what's the other thing you can do? Oh, you can, uh, share the show. And that means you tell people some method or another how you're consuming the show. We're watching it on TBN. We're uh, listening on our local radio station. There's 680 of them that carry us in the nation, by the way. Uh, there's, uh, uh, we, you know, you got an actual share button on podcasts and on YouTube. So share it, subscribe, and leave a review. You'll help us out a bunch. John, the questions for human cards are officially a... Uh, a mega hit. They're part of the Ramsey lexicon now, man. Ooh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's that was a goal. I don't even. I had to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, wow, it's a big deal. Yeah. So you know those moments when you're sitting next to someone and you feel a thousand miles apart. Um, you're staring at your kids. Uh, I my son turns 13 today, so happy birthday to him. But we uh, were sitting across from each other at Waffle House big this morning. Hank. Happy birthday, Big Hank. We have uh, breakfast together every Tuesday. There's been some of those breakfasts. I'm staring across from my 12, 13-year-old son. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Or he says things like, fine, good, good, fine, fine, well, good. Some 13-year-olds are aliens. It, most of them. Most of them are. Yeah. But these cards have been amazing. And so, listen, you can put your phones down, and we've, we've substituted deep and meaningful conversations for binge-watching Netflix, scrolling social media. You deserve better relationships. Your kids do. Your spouse do. Your grandparents do. Everybody does. That's why we created Questions for Humans, conversation starters that will help you disconnect from your screens and actually connect with real human beings. We have a deck for everyone, dating, couples, girls' night, guys' night, parents, kids, friends, everybody, work, 
And uh, as we've talked about over and over, it's been hard to keep them in stock. We've got them. All the decks will get you spending time laughing together, learning something unexpected, and building deeper and stronger relationships. Pick up one, two, five, ten, all kind of packs. Find them at RamseySolutions.com slash humans. So if you guys don't know what he's talking about, it's like a deck of cards, and you just draw one out, and it's got like a question, like the funniest thing happened to you in college or something like that, and it starts a conversation. And when my daughter finds out that, like, I went on, my daughter's favorite thing, she's seven, is she asked, one of the questions is, what's a what's an old date that went horrible? And I told her that I went on a date with somebody. She still, to this day, she's like, what does she think about? Like, whenever, no matter what we're doing, she thinks it's the funniest thing ever, but we've been able to have- You actually had a date before her mom. Uh, right. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, well, what does she think about the house? If and, she's shocked that you had a date before uh, your mom, I, uh, what's oh, Everybody was shocked, yes. <laughs> Every friend I had was shocked. Um, but it just it just created a whole new um, interaction point. And, and again, I'm embarrassed to say that uh, I found myself like, I'm going to grab these cards because I'm starting to get disconnected from my own kids. They're great, man. And you they're wrote amazing. them, yeah. Yeah, I wrote them, yeah. But they're so, great, man. And they, they've flying off the shelves, yeah. flying a massive, massive success. All right, Patricia is with us in Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm doing well. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. Hey, well, how can we help? Okay, so I'm hoping you can help me solve a debate with my husband. Okay. We both have really uh, good incomes. Between us both, there's like 220K. Mm-hmm. We have some savings, uh, 160k. Mm-hmm. Um, we are debt free. We're doing 15 percent of gross into investments, um, stock investments, mm-hmm. and we're at this point now looking for a home. Um, I you, you don't own a home. home. No, we don't. We okay. live in a one bedroom apartment right now. Okay. So the house that I, I would like to move into is about like 400 to 450, mm-hmm. and the house my husband would like to move into is about 250k. Mm-hmm. Um, we we see some in this area. They're really small. They're really ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay, your um, phone's breaking up. You're gonna have to speak have. directly into it. You saw some in this area that what? We saw some in the area that are 250k. This is my husband's range. Yeah, and they're you make 225 thousand dollars a year. You have 150 thousand dollars in savings. Yes. He, what do you guys do for a living? The, the, Oh, so I work as a software developer, and mm-hmm. he works as a stock trader. He works as a what? A stock trader. A stock trader. I bet he does. Okay. And, um, yeah, how so long y'all been married? Uh, three years. Okay. All right. And so he, he he's, what, 26? No, he's 47. I'm 47? 47. Well, yeah. I missed that one. Why does All he right. want to buy a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars house? Because he's a cheapskate and he's a player. Into a multi-family home. That yeah, he's a player. He's a stock trader. He, yeah, he's got a always got. Does he always have a scheme on yeah. top of a scheme yeah, on top of a scheme? Absolutely, he does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, my advice to your husband is that you separate being a player from where you live. <laughs> Okay. P-L-A-Y-A. Yeah. From where you need to separate it from where you live. Because you don't play with your home. This is where you live with your animals, your future children, and God help you, your wife. Okay? This is where you live. You don't play high-risk 
maximize investment games with your home. It's a safe haven. It's a place. It happens to be a good investment, but it is not a speculative, we're going to make a bunch of money investment in the short term. And that's how his brain works. So I know this guy because I used to be him. That's why I said 26, because when I was 26, I did the same thing. We moved so much, our furniture was trained to jump on the truck because I was a player. I was always wanting to do some deal, and I pulled my poor wife around by the hair on her head, and she went along with it. And we've been married 40 years, and she tell, 40 years. She now tells people we've had 33 good years of marriage. She doesn't count the first seven, right? <laughs> and that's because of stuff like this right here. So I can speak directly to him. I was him when I had hair. Okay, that's it. So the, uh, the best thing he can do is separate relationally, psychologically, investment philosophy separate your home from your investment mentality it happens to also be a good investment by the way but you need to separate it out that's my advice to him and my advice to him also is happy wife happy life you guys can afford a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house he needs to go get a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house and then he needs to do his other stuff after he gets that house paid for you win the argument hey patricia are you, is he always running a scam? Does he always have a thing going? There's always something. I always You've been married three years. At some point, you need to have that conversation because this will keep coming up and it'll come up in all sorts of different areas. When your parents start aging, when you've got to think about retirement facilities, it's always going to be another thing. You have to sit down and like Dave said, you've got to be really clear and intentional about boundaries. We joke about it now at our house, Patricia, but when I'll start working on something, if Sharon smells that, she looks at me and she says, you're scheming and scamming. <laughs> and meaning I'm trying to, I'm trying to use my intellect, my mathematical skills to outfinagle reality. And that's what she's telling me. You hear me? In other words, I'm violating common sense here because I'm starting to just go off in some little corner of something with some math riddle and figure out a way that I can maximize something that wasn't intended to be maximized, like the place you live. Or to get what you want, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if he wants to do fixes and flips, he should do that with cash after your personal residence is paid for and is a sufficient resident. You've been living three years in a one-bedroom apartment. You make a quarter of a million dollars a year. You've already sacrificed. Time to get a nice house. 15-year fixed, where the payment's no more than a fourth of your take-home pay. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Eric and Stacy are with us. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Cool. Where do y'all live? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you paid off? $140,000. Cool. How long did that take? 43 months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Started off at 60, and then it went up to about 160, 165. Nice jump in three and a half years. Yeah. What do you guys do for a living? I'm a police officer. Mm -hmm. I'm a client sales manager. Okay. So, sounds like you sales managed a bunch. Yes, sir. Like your income went way up. Good job. Well done, Eric. Well done. <laughs> yes. Because police officers don't usually get a $100,000 raise in three years. Well, the 60 was starting off with just my income. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she got her job and then another job, that's when it kind of 
built into that extra. And your income did go up during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Awesome. What kind of debt was the hundred and forty? Our house. Whoa! Right. Talking to weird people. That's, That's right. right. How old are you two weirdos? I'm 34. I'm 35. And you have a paid-for house in Colorado Freaking Springs. That's we correct. Sure oh, do. my goodness. What's that house worth? A little over 400 I love it. How much you guys got in retirement? Around um, 350 Wow. So by the time you're 40, you're going to be worth about a million and a half. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, you two. She says that like an assassin. Just, that's the goal. That's, that's the goal. The goal. <laughs> that's so great. You get in your way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so what happened? What happened? How'd you get on this crazy adventure? So we took Financial Peace University like two years into our marriage, and then life, kids, we're in our third house, and then we took a class at our church, and then I started working part-time doing financial advising. And I was like, we can do this. Then first we were like, let's do it before we turn 40. And then I started working more and more and more. And I'm like, on 2021, the very beginning, we set a resolution. Let's do it before 2023. Mm. And then we did it right before. We did it in the end of September. And then... 2022. Look, yeah. And then Nicole was born a couple weeks later. Yeah. So COVID was behind you when you got real serious and leaned in. Did it motivate you that all that garbage you'd just been through? Especially, well, yeah. For me, it didn't really change anything. Yeah, you're pretty much essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but looking at that, going, oh man, this life can happen. We better be more prepared. Did that enter into the decision, or what caused you to all of a sudden flip the switch and go game on? Desire, just wanting to be debt free. Okay. Yeah. You looked down, saw the numbers, and saw you could. Is that what you said there? I think it was more like we. I started working with other people with their finances and mm-hmm. seeing like this is all about behavior, you know. And we started working. I you're not allowed to say that. It, you're not allowed to say that. It's not behavior. It's, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah, right. it's the math problem, right? Um, and so we were like, we just have to do the right thing. And so I started working more and more, and we put all of my income into just additional principal payments. And we just kept living off of Eric's income, which we started this journey with, and we just pushed and pushed and pushed. Wow. So have you ding, continued ding. to work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how uh, does it feel to be completely free? Awesome. Yeah. Just like a total weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Not your shoulders, my shoulders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Yeah. But I mean, you don't have a payment in the world. No. Nope. Not one. No. What's the first? Cars, cars are all paid off for and everything. What's it's, the first big thing you do after you pay off your house? <laughs> I bought a motorcycle. There you go. <laughs> of course you did. What'd yeah. you get? Uh, Indian Chieftain. Oh, nice. Yeah, beautiful. Sweet. Good for you. Well, you should. You should. Yeah, and it's, it's paid for. Yeah. And of course it's paid for. Yep. Stacy, yeah. what'd you get? Besides a third human. Well, here. Yes. <laughs> we went here. Oh, oh, the trip to Nashville. That's all right. right. All right. There we go. Very good. Very cool. Well, we're proud of you guys. You're heroes, man. 34 freaking years old. Your house is paid for. That's impressive. In a culture that's completely lost its mind. I mean, you guys in both of your worlds, you see it every day. Everybody's a victim, and you're not. You're not a victim of nothing. You're just a victor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eric, do you have uh, hard conversations with some of the folks you work with? I spent my, my, my whole life growing up around police officers and... Everybody's got to have a Jeep or a big truck or a, a thing. And uh, I can imagine you had some hard conversations telling your buddies nah, or your coworkers, this is, I'm doing something a little bit different. Definitely being content with what I have and yeah. not 
you know, there's definitely desires to go out and buy everything that I could. Um, but, you know, looking back at home and having to bring it, you know, bring a brand new truck home would not you know, be <laughs> a good thing to live with. So, um, you know, the desires were there, but you just have to have the, the, the drive to not do it. Yeah, live like no one else. So yeah. later, you yeah. can buy a Chieftain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I like it. It's awesome. Good job, you guys. Hey, we've got a copy the uh, Living Gift Bundle for you, a copy of the Baby Steps Millionaire's book. You're going to be that very soon, as we said, and uh, the Total Money Makeover book to give away, get somebody started on their journey. And in your world, Stacy, you'll be able to do that pretty quick. And a membership to Financial Peace University, another probable giveaway for you guys. But it's all for you to live and give bundle. And uh, bring the kiddos up. Let's introduce them and find out their ages and names. What are their names and ages? So oh this one mm-hmm. here is Kimber. She's mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. This one here is Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. She's seven. Mm-hmm. And this is our newborn, Nicole. She's right. five months. Go, Nicole. I love yeah. it. Yeah, very cool. House full of girls. There's there, a lot man. of women in that house. That is. Is. I'm <laughs> telling you, that's <laughs> good. That's a I love good it. girl power. I love it. Very, very cool. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? I think it's discipline mm-hmm. and living below your means. Mm-hmm. Like we could have easily just increased our lifestyle when mm-hmm. I started working. Mm-hmm. And instead we had discipline to keep our lifestyle the same and just pushed it. Yeah. And I'm looking at three little people whose lives are changed and their whole family tree has changed because of 43 months of you guys being in control. Way to go. Very proud of you. All right. Eric, Stacy, McKenzie, Kimber, and Nicole, Colorado Springs. 140000 paid off. House and everything. That's right. Bunch of weirdos. Making, did that in 43 months, making 60 to 160. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, two one. one. We, we are debt-free. Wow. Very, very, very cool. So a, a financial advisor and a policeman are going to be millionaires about the time they're 38. They'll be at about a million and a half by the time they're 40. Mm-hmm. Um, don't tell me it can't be done. Jeez. And they'll have three kids that aren't teenagers yet. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. And they're, you know, and we call them weirdos. You guys don't understand. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That means if you drive down your street, you count 10 houses. Eight of them have too much month left at the end of the money. To have a paid for house is statistically highly unusual, especially at 34 years old. So that's weird. Normal sucks. Normal is broke. Normal is out of control. Normal is spending like you're in Congress and you have, and Sally May's been with you so long she's got her own bedroom in your house. Normal is you live from MasterCard to MasterCard bill. How'd they name that anyway? Oh, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's normal. You don't be normal, people. And those guys right there are weird. Uh, no kidding. And to think of the, as, as they mentioned, they both had their unique cultures that you got to go into every day. It's tough going to the police culture. They're, those guys don't, they work really hard. They got a lot of stress. They don't make a ton of money. The The incentive to buy something cool is heavy. It's just, it's just a culture. Stacy going in to be, work sales every day, man, that's got to be hard because she's making good money and it's hard not to be like, ah, I just got to get a new car just to continue to see that eye, that, that prize. Keep your eye on it, man. That's tough. It's tough, 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 tough. Paid off their house. Paid off their house. And you know what? If you drive like no one else, later you can drive anything you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I drove a really nice car to work today. I saw it. But I drove some crap in the past. 
So I make no apologies for what I drive now. I paid a price to win, and there you go. You always pay a price if you're going to win. There's no way around it. Those guys did. Very powerful. So proud of you guys. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Colton is with us in Dallas. Hi, Colton. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. How are y'all doing today? Great, man. How can we help? So, um, over the last two years, uh, I've been able to pay off $76,000 in debt. Um, Still owe $66,000. My wife and I have been talking about downsizing our home. Um to pay off the rest of it. We owe two twenty five on our home and it's worth three forty five. Um and part of that debt is we have solar panels that we owe eighteen thousand on. So part of my question is would it be better to transfer that eighteen thousand dollar loan to the next homeowner? Or and I forgot to mention this, we just got an inheritance of about twenty thousand dollars. Um should we go ahead and pay off the solar panels or should we try to sell the home and just transfer the loan? The house will have the solar know. panels will have to be paid off when the house sells. You can't transfer the loan. Okay. Because the, the it's a lien against the property and so the 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 title is clouded. And because they're attached to the house. Okay, even if they okay. didn't file right. a second mortgage, it's, it's an encumbrance on the property. And so uh, depending on your state, I'm not sure exactly how Texas would address that. They've got a little bit of unusual real estate laws. But either way, I, it, there's a lot of danger in transferring it. If you didn't get your name off fully and then they didn't pay it later, um, then the solar panel comes after you because your name's still under there on the paperwork they, you know, they, they never get out of there or something along those lines so i what i want to do is just make sure they're paid off now you can either pay them off now or you can pay them off from the sale of the house if you're selling the house you're 100 percent sure you're selling the house oh uh, it's just something we've been talking about um that and that's part of the question too do you think that's a smart decision to downsize you know find a home with a mortgage of about two hundred thousand dollars um so we can pay off the rest of that debt no, no. You've already paid off seventy six thousand. You'll be able to pay that house off if you like the house and want to stay there. Or think it's, about the math here. It, it, you said you got sixty six thousand left. Is that right? No. Oh. Yeah, eighteen on the solar panels, and then forty eight in student loans. Okay, so you're going to sell. You got two hundred. Uh, we got a hundred something in equity left. Like, if you sold your house right yeah. now. Yeah. So you're going to take. 20,000 of that and put it down on the house, which is going to leave. It's not, it's not worth the math. It wants you take that 20 grand that you just got from the inheritance, put your debt down to 40 and then y'all just hit the hammer on it in the next 12 months to get this thing paid off. Yeah. Just like you did on the 76 and knock it on out. Just be done. I mean, you're so close, man. Yeah. And just just have your first mortgage. Solar panels are paid off. Student loans paid off. And you're going to do that. And how long did you say you took to do 76? Uh, it's been almost two years to the day. We started April twenty okay. first. Y'all are just tired, right? Uh, yeah. Tired. You've been working a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good You're so close, man. How old are you guys? Uh, I'm. We're about twenty-seven. Good. Okay. Um, let me tell you. I think you're going to be done if you take the twenty and throw it at the solar panel, and you stay and you reset your budget tonight. Reset your energy tonight. I think you're going to be done in about a year. 
Okay. I think it's going to fool you. Okay. And because the, you know, sometimes, uh, people get almost there and just before they break through, they quit because they run out of steam. It's with everything with jobs, with businesses. It's not unusual. So you just, John, John, John heard it clearly. It's just, there's a, it's not even physical fatigue. It's just emotional fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. You just get, Uh, you know, you just, you just feel like it's a slog, um, I used to do half marathons, and there's a point at uh, out of the 13 miles at the nine nine and a half mile mark where you cuss yourself for running a half marathon <laughs> for about a mile. You think this is the dumbest thing any human has done? Why am I doing this again? And you're so stupid. You signed up again. You know, what I mean, just you. T- this is you talking to me, talking to me, right? But it's a slog. And then there's you keep on, and uh, about the tenth mile, about when you turn ten, you go, okay, I got three to go, and you can start to see the end. And your energy level comes back up, and your pace comes up. But usually, my slowest mile in the thirteen is somewhere around that ninth mile, and it's not unusual. It's a fairly normal. It's a, but it's an emotional wall that you hit there from the slog more than a, a actual physical wall, or in your case, an actual physical wall from being so tired from actually working all the time. So you're going to be there in about a year, and when you're thirty and you look back, uh, you're you're not even going to remember how much pain this was. All you're going to remember is the victory. And you said something important um, just from the, the neuroscience world. I think it's important. If you've got $150,000, let's say, and you pay it off 100 it's taken you two years. Y'all are at the end, end of your rope. 20000 bucks falls out of the sky for you. There's something powerful about taking that 100 off and doing a, 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 a complete control-delete reset. Okay, we got fifty grand left. We just got twenty in the mail. Now we got thirty. We can do this. And it's a it's a... It, it, it it's a re-energizing right so it's like getting to the end and saying oh, it's got four miles left or i've been got 13 i got three miles i can do this right yeah. it's a, it's I a know different I, I know i can run three miles i've that's done right. it a lot i can do three miles it has nothing to do no, with having already run two. no matter what i can run yeah. three miles that's it there's a there's a reset there that um but you, it's almost like you need to wad up your old budget and throw it away and get out a clean piece that's of right. paper do, control alt delete yeah clean clean the clean the whiteboard and go okay let's write this out as if we were just starting okay we can do this yes and it gives you that it gives you that that whole thing and that's where you are dude you can do this and you're going to call us back and you're going to do your debt-free scream and we're going to brag on you we're already bragging on you you've really had good progress i'm real proud of you all right lou is in pittsburgh hey lou welcome to the ramsey show hey how you guys doing today great man how can we help uh, I just have a question about, I'm not sure if, how familiar you guys are with, uh, it's like a leaseback loan where you can buy a model home um, from a, a building company and they pay you rent until the entire development is done and then you have the option of moving into the home and changing the loan from like a commercial loan to a conventional loan or um, selling the home after, which it appreciates because they're building all homes around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what to do uh, right now, so I'm just kind of getting advice. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't do that for multiple reasons. Okay. I, let me give you the reasons, okay? It sounds really good on the surface. Um, the, the The problem is it only works if it works. And uh-huh. I like to have deals that are happy, happy deals, we call them there. I'm happy if it doesn't work, and I'm happy if it does work. This one, you're only happy if it does work. So here's, here's um, uh, your, your number one, we tell people not to borrow on investment property to pay cash for it. So number one. Number two, you're okay. putting commercial paper 
on investment property. It has a whole different set of terms. The boilerplate documents are different. The call provisions are di- different. Uh, it's what got me broke when I was 28. For, for instance, one of the call provisions in standard commercial paper that's not in a normal residential mortgage is uh, if they decide the quality of the collateral has gone down, they can just call the loan. Mm-hmm. They can just decide that they don't like the quality of the collateral anymore. So what could cause that? Well, the builder could get in trouble because real estate has slowed down and interest rates have gone up. Uh, if the builder got in trouble and he doesn't finish out the whole area, guess what? All that appreciation you were thinking about is going to not be there. And guess what? Then you've got an area where there might actually be some houses that are half done that don't get completed because the builder's in trouble. Builders get in trouble all the time in economies like this, by the way, and that's your tenant. They don't pay. Now you got to pay. But even then, the bank looks up and goes, oh, I know, lose current. But uh, look at all the weeds and the half-completed projects up and down this street. And look at the number of foreclosures on this street. We're not only not seeing appreciation, we're seeing a neighborhood deteriorating because the builder got in trouble. Did I mention that builders get in trouble sometimes? And um now, this is what I've, I used to buy properties after the builder got in trouble, so I know what it looks like. <laughs> I, bought a, I, bought, I bought a whole street of properties one time. I had to go in and finish everything, clean up the weeds, and became the guy that finished it out, but I bought it for nickels on the dollar yeah. uh, after this, not before this. Mm. So, yeah, don't, don't do it. No, I, no, there's a lot of other investments that you can do. This sounds like a sure thing, but it's only a sure thing to the extent that the builder doesn't get in trouble. And they do all the time, dude. So, especially in environments like this. So, hope that helps. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.